Imagine a world where black men can talk and communicate properly, not only to our spouses, our children, but amongst each other. Here back. Welcome to I Am World Podcast. Here at I Am World Podcast, we're here to build and strengthen the level of communication amongst black men with other black men, black men with their spouses, black men with their children, black men with their co-workers. We are here to bridge that gap of communication. And here at I Am World Podcast, your voice will be heard. To help bridge the gap for mental health awareness, we're here to bridge the gap between brother and sister. We are here to build, we are here to grow, we are here to become one. I am Wool, I'm your host, Dwayne Sutton, and make sure you tune into the I Am Wool podcast every Wednesday here on Anchor. Drums are rolling. Squad's holding up in the building. UGSK, we are here. We back for another week. The Wolster is here. My partners in crime here. Kels, say what's up to the people. What's good, y'all? How y'all doing? Man, it is good to have you back up in here, bro. Good to be back, man. Another week, another week. DT is in the building. What am? What it is? What's happening? Yeah. The street preacher is back up in here, man. You know what it is. People, make sure you are tuning in every Saturday, every Saturday, to the Underground Sports Kings, UGSK. Find us on Anchor, Spotify. You know what? Matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and just do it. Spotify. Everybody got Spotify. Everybody get Spotify. You can get the free Spotify and still get to the podcast. Search Underground Sports Kings. Favorite, follow, Whatever it is, the button is sitting next to it, and just get ready. The notifications are rolling in. You'll know what it is. But, Rose Mo, we hate you couldn't be here, brother. You got to get back in the lab, man. You got to bring some smoke for us. Until then, you know what it is. We're going to hold it down here. Family, y'all ready, man? Let's get it. Let's go, man. Man, let's do it. We going to start off right here with Pete Carroll. One, Pete Carroll, please come to the front. We about to serve you, sir. Um, PK recently made comments on a conference call where he showed regret. Now, let's before I even dive into that, let's flashback. I want to say it was 2017. I want to say it was 2017. The Seahawks brought in one Colin Kaepernick to talk. Should have been a workout, ended up being a talk. The man never even put on put on Seahawks attire to work out. He never stepped on the field. Never, never even went to the blackboard to draw plays up. Nothing. Only thing they talked about was, are you done? Are you finished? Are you going to be a, 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 a you got to say it like Kevin Hart. Are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Are you done? But are you done? No. I'm saying, are you done? Like, that's how they were feeling. Um... And it basically was just a, a heat check. Want to see what, you, what the temperature is on you? Where's your frame of mind? Are you going to keep kneeling? Do we have to keep putting up this press nonsense if we bring you in? But they never talk ball. Mike, as a ball player, we on the court. What we need to be talking about? Ball. Ball. Matter of fact, you should have told me, bring your workout gear. 
Because we about to work out. You could have told me all this over the phone if we just right. We could have had a phone conversation. <laughs> you make, I gotta come out there to talk. Now, now here's the thing: when you come in to work out for people, usually they'll say, "Hey, we got you. If you got some special cleats, that's cool. But if not, you work out of time. We got tops, bottoms, whatever you need. You get Seahawks gear for that workout. Right? Man, never even did that. He didn't put a sweat band on. <laughs> so." Uh, Pete Carroll says he has remorse. He has regret for not signing Kaepernick. We don't even say, I don't know why we signed Kaepernick. At some point on that same conference call, he had made it known before he even got on the conference call, another NFL team had contacted him about, you know, well, basically inquiring about Kaepernick. Showing some, some, uh... Sounds of interest. A little, little bit of interest. Perhaps. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to go ahead and get my throat clear for this one because uh, be careful. Bring that here, boy. You know what it is? You finna have to see the family real quick. Kels, we're going to start with you, bro. Uh, so, I'm, I'm going to try to approach this in a number of different ways, right? For one, Pete Carroll, you're the head coach of a football team. Mm-hmm. If anybody that you want, even, even, I mean, if the GM sees somebody, like, the conversation's gonna be had with you. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't understand why you didn't know that they was gonna be signed, or, 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 or you're not going to sign Kaepernick. I don't know why you didn't know that, because I would assume, like, y'all had a meeting before you brought Kaepernick to come talk. Wow. So, I you already knew that he wasn't coming to work out. My lord. So, the only thing I'm, I'm saying is is that this was a, a publicity stunt. And, and, <laughs> Bring it on. Technically speaking, like right now, I the climate that we're in right now, right? And I don't like to be in, un, insensitive, but <clears throat> I feel like people are only speaking to appease the minds of of the people of what everybody's going through right now. Um, and I feel like it's, it's short term. Like, this is all going to blow away. And then we'll be back to regular schedule program. Wait, wait. Oh, Lord. Jesus. Had to break it up. You bring it. Church. Preach on, brother. Mm. So I, I just think it was just a publicity saying. Now him coming back saying he regretted. The thing about it is you only regret it just because of the simple fact that it's being made a big deal. People are continually asking the question now that the league supposedly is for Black Lives Matter and that the league (laughs) (laughs) is in support of black people now that it just sounds like the good thing to do is just to jump on that bandwagon. Hold on, wait, NFL. Look, uh, we call Pete Carroll first. Uh, You sit right there in that corner. We coming to you next. But before we even make that round, DT, Talk to him. All right, so a little bit of like history with this is um, for those who don't know, and this is nothing against him, 2017, the Seattle Seahawks backup quarterback was Trevon, Trevon Boykin or Trayvon Boykin, however you say his Boykin, name. That's it. But nothing against him, pretty good kid. But he ain't Colin Kaepernick. 
He is not, was not at all. Um, my issue here is, like we said earlier, bro, the phone works. You can call me on the phone to talk. If that's what you want to do, You, we can talk all day long. We can have a conference call. We can Zoom. Uh, we can Facebook Live. What 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 else was what else could you use at that time? Uh, Duo. They had Duo. Yeah. Uh, didn't Apple have uh, their own little thing? Like there are plenty of ways for us to have a conversation. If all you want to know is, are you done? Are are you done? If that's the conversation, then fine. Let's talk. Don't. I'm not flying nowhere to to have no conversation. If I'm coming there. Oh, it's we I'm coming to work out. I one one million trillion gazillion everything with what Cuzzo said. Like, yo, this is a publicity stunt. This is you you want to jump on this right now because the NFL, we're in a Black Lives Matter feeling, feel good situation. So hey. We tried. I regret not signing Kaepernick, bro. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, I don't. You never thought about it. You never considered it as a coach. If you finna come tell me, hey, we bring. You know what this is? Uh, what's what's my man? The the Rooney Rule. It's 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 just like this. Like it says, you have to interview black black coaches. That's it. We just got to interview them. They ain't never got to be considered. Right. But if I interview them, I fill my quota. That's it. <laughs> One, two, three, stop. This ain't Harlem. I don't need all these black people around here. What's wrong with y'all? No, I did my, I, I fulfilled my quota. That's two. That's it. We done. That's all this was. You, hey, it's enough for the NFL. It's enough for the NFL to say we were still trying to give him a job. Remember, he did have the uh, the lawsuit going on at the time. Yeah, yeah he, he was did. saying that they were blackballing him. No, we tried to give him a job. He had interviews with this team and that team. Then nobody had. Yeah, they, they were never, interviews. Nobody ever it. had. Any nobody had. Nobody that. ever had intentions of actually hiring that man. Nobody. Not as a football player. Now, but Brock Osweiler was still taking snaps. You done took lump one, lump two. Come here. Let me go ahead and finish you off. Um, what you are doing, um, it's coming off as like a white apologist. You ever heard the phrase, you got caught with your, you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar? Well, you got caught with your hands in? Mm-hmm. That. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to even go back to the hand in the cookie jar. Not only do we catch you with your hand in the cookie jar, you got chocolate chip all over your mouth and the crumbs and got all in your beard and it's on your shirt. Like, it's all over y'all. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh-oh, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, it was you. Um, you can't say that when you never worked that man out. You have no intention. If I bring you in, it's to see what you got. I need to see what you got. I'm here to look. When you go scout somebody, aren't you there to see what they can do? Yeah. Okay. So if I brought you or sent for you to come to our facilities, it's because I need to see what you got. Because I'm a football team, not a therapist, not not a, a psychologist. You know, I'm not here to try to read your facial expressions. 
and I want to look you in your eyes and see what... That is the dumbest logic in the world. And now all of a sudden you want to say you regret not signing him. Here's the truth. Had you signed him, it would have been for all the wrong reasons. We already know that. Church. So don't even speak on it. Next, I'm finna get you right here. A team called you to inquire about Colin Kaepernick. Why in the world would they call you when you have never coached him? Why? I legit seen him play under Harbaugh. Okay, I could even go back to his coaches at Nevada. Why would they call you? Why did you feel the need to put yourself out there like people are reaching out to you because you had a conversation with him? You have no relevance to Colin Kaepernick's career at all. So if anything, scratch a lie, find a thief. Hmm. You busted home, what? We know who you are. We see you for who you are. The people who play under you, I, there's a reason why the Legion of Boom was Bro. fed up with you. Hmm. It had nothing to do with just that call. I think they finally saw through your BS. Because the Legion of Boom wanted him there. Yep. They all spoke up at that time. Y'all ignored it. Y'all ignored every single person. And then you try to make it seem as he wasn't a good fit. Are you kidding me? Your entire offense was built around that the, the man's play. Which the NFL has now as a whole shifted towards. Your quarterback was made from the image of a doggone Colin Kaepernick. Let's just call it what it is. So don't tell me he wasn't a good fit. Don't tell me you regret not bringing him in. And definitely stop lying to me like I'm stupid and saying that NFL teams are calling you for information about him. Now maybe they call, maybe they call because they, they thought that Colin Kaepernick was going for a workout. They thought that he had seen them. They had thought a lot. The, the reality, it didn't happen. They had thought a lot because I'm not even in the NFL and I don't, I'm not stupid enough to buy that. Y'all right till with the phone calls. I promise you. Just like you could have made a phone a call to Kaepernick, he could have made a phone call to be careful. Like, yeah, that that was probably stupid. Like, we, we, we saw right through that. We did. You kind of made us look bad, man. Y'all shouldn't even done that. Just let it go. Yeah, uh, so be careful. BS Media is broken. We read right through that pimp. It was on all, it was on all flares right there, man. So um, you can go have a seat. Should we go ahead and call the NFL in next? Or you want to you want to you want to take a break real quick? No, please do NFL. <clears throat> We're not even gonna breathe on this one. Nah, your turn. Two hundred and fifty million. Now let's take it back. Players Coalition, which was formed on the backs of people like Malcolm Jenkins who I personally feel like hijacked the movement of one Colin Kaepernick. And Eric Reed, yes. And Eric Reed. He, he most definitely did. Um, the Player Coalition was formed under the, the leadership of one Malcolm Jenkins. And a, a deal was reached with the uh, assistance, if I'm not mistaken, of one Jay-Z uh, who later on has become an, uh, a part of the NFL uh, with that whole player coalition movement. 
in the entertainment department as well. But anyway, the NFL decided we're going to go ahead and donate $89 million over 10 years. So now that the Black Lives Matter, fast forward to, to 2020, the Black Lives Matter movement is in full force. Uh, we are fed up with the BS. We are tired of being basically un unheard. Uh, we're tired of being worked over. The NFL has been called out on ABS. And uh, Roger Goodell has come out and apologized after some of your biggest stars in the NFL, who just so happen to be black, came out uh, addressing how they want the NFL to take a stance on Black Lives Matter. Who is they all haven't done yet, by the they way? But $250 million. If 89 was rounded on up, we're going to move that on up to $250 million. Still over that same 10 years. Averages out to about 25 mil a year. 25 mil a year. But I got 30, 32 teams. 32 owners. <coughs> 25 mil a year. So we're talking less than a mil from each team. Yeah. 250 million is a nice number. Pocket change. I mean, like, seriously, they pull that out their pockets. What they're going to pay in a year, they're going to get that in the write-off. Okay? <laughs> but it sounds good because it's bigger than what Jordan's going to donate. So, Jordan Brand. Jordan, well, Jordan Brand and Jordan, they're going 50-50 on this kid. I did find that out. But still, 250 is a big number. It would be if we were really talking about, you know, some real money from real owners. Like, so, 250 over 10 years, still have not apologized to one Colin Kaepernick. DT owners told you. How you feeling about this, Brad? feel like they threw money at the situation. Um, anything. But why would they do that? Because that's the best, that's the best way to not apologize. Um, it's some married men out there who, who who either have done this or we know some people who do this. <laughs> you won't tell your wife, I'm sorry, but you'll go buy flowers and candy. Let me go. Babe, I washed your car today. I watched, we, this, I, and I had a detail. Here you go. Uh-uh. We, we, hmm. we black men. We know the rules. We You done had an argument. You might not say you're sorry. You know what your sorry is? You hungry? You want something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> You you hungry? <laughs> Want me to go get it? Like, not. And then you don't start off with the regular because usually you can say like like for us. I'm sorry, we can say this and it'll probably go over well. You want some waffle house? Like we can say that and you'll get a good response. But if she mad, you can't do that. Like, you want some harrows? You want some harrows? You want some crab legs? You want some tacos? My my wife. You want you want go you want go three dollar cafe and get some fish tacos? Get street tacos. Ain't ain't going we going to franchise? You want to go slutty vegan? Um, I'll stand in two hours for you, baby. Stay but no, nah, that's, that's, that's what it is. I, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to apologize. But you know what? The bigger thing is, it's the that's the privilege in the whole situation. Not only do I not want to apologize, I don't have to take the money. That's the exactly. And man, I said this when it happened. I'm gonna continue to say it. It ain't just this situation. It's a lot of situations until black people in general. Decide that you're going to take the price tag 
off of you and your life, this is where you at with it. Because the truth be told, in the situation, when it first happened, when it first started, no, no, you can't throw money at this. That ain't how that works. And if you if you trying to put some money to it, oh, it's gonna cost you more than just what you can make in a in a in a game. Don't talk to me about that junk. Matter of fact, we gonna talk money. Yo, yo, words. I don't even want it. the numbers. Don't talk numbers yet until you say the, the magic word. If you gonna talk money to me, <laughs> reparations. But to bring that's this, when we can talk money. To bring this out and never say we wouldn't even be. We wouldn't be having this discussion about the NFL, man, if if from the get-go, Roddy Goodell comes out and says, you know what? Years ago, Colin Kaepernick tried to show us peacefully that we had a problem. He did everything. We did not want to listen. Now we re- we regret what what is going on, and we respectfully say, Colin Kaepernick, we apologize. Eric Reed, we apologize. The families of these people, we apologize because we have we have the resources, we had the opportunity to do something, and we did nothing. We're sorry. Nah. To the black community. Not, that would have even been done to the black community. Did nothing. We failed you. Except for here go a check, man. Y'all, y'all figure out what y'all want to do with that. Like, see, we don't hate black people. Nah. See, we don't. Get away from us, Kyler. See, we don't hate black. Like, yo, um, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get you real quick right here. I, I did want to hit you on this one though. It is the ultimate disrespect when a man sacrifices everything that he has worked for, everything he has built for his professional career, and it has been stripped from him by you. You stripped him naked. Left him out in the cold and didn't even apologize for taking his clothes. Before you go in, Kels, let me say this. Since you just said that, before anybody decides they want to attack that man because of his play, let this let let's understand this. Number one, Colin Kaepernick was come the last season he played, he was coming into a season where he was just coming off a shoulder injury. That <clears throat> summer could not work out. That's number one. Number two, he had completely changed his diet. He he didn't go from, oh, beef, pork, chicken, and all that to now I only eat chicken or I only eat chicken and fish. The man went completely vegan, completely vegan. Most of y'all don't even know how y'all body going to operate if you stop eating pork, much less every <laughs> other meat you can think of. You have no idea what supplements you're supposed to take. You don't know what protein you spo- where where you gonna get your protein from. Where you supposed to get calcium from? Most of y'all think you can only get calcium from some kind of dairy product. Have no idea what it is that you're actually doing. So that man's body completely changed, and he was trying to adjust to it. Mind you, when he came down here to Atlanta, the last season he played, I want to say Cal- Colin threw for two touchdowns. And ran for another one. He was not playing bad. And he was playing under. Though I liked him when he was in Oregon. A horrible. Horrible coach in Chip Kelly. Who decided I'm just going to get rid of my entire team. In Philly. Went to went to San Francisco. And just screwed all that up as well. So before you say. Oh, oh well. And he had nobody. Because you can't name anybody. 
not Nan Nauta. That he was throwing to. Nan Nauta wide receiver. But before anybody say that, just please know that first. Go ahead, Kels. So, one, they threw a lot of money at a situation. Technically speaking, there was no apology to Colin Kaepernick. And the money really wasn't even about Colin Kaepernick, even to top it off. So, he didn't get an apology, nor necessarily did he get money that goes toward his cause, so to speak. And that's the other thing that I have a problem with is we throw money at something as if money is something that's going to be able to fix the issue. Um, so really, technically speaking, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to figure out like how yeah. does this work. I mean, there, the money hopefully the money at least because the only thing I can see it going to is probably going to be educational system. You know, for some of these inner cities that don't have books and stuff like that, which is all great. It doesn't fix the racism issue at all. So I, I I'm, I'm, I'm glad they at least. They upped the money, you know, from what they were giving the eight or nine million. I don't know it sounds like a lot to some of y'all, but compared to a lot of these billionaires, that would really be equivalent nothing. to you so like giving, right? I'll just say you giving like five dollars to somebody. Like I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna have a Steve Urkel reaction to this. I don't know if y'all remember the episode where Eddie and Steve, Eddie promised Steve he'd take him camping uh, if he helped him out with something, and uh, Steve not only did he, he did the work for him. Mm-hmm. Hooked him up. You feel me? Hooked him up. Saved him. I made you look good. Eddie was supposed to go with uh, whatever the white boy name was on the. I can't remember the name. And the boy was like, "No, he ain't coming with us." So instead of Eddie standing up for it, boy, he said, "Look, he broke the promise. I can't. I can't bring you. Look, we'll go some other time. All right? Cool." He felt like because now I promised you that it'll just be me and you and we don't have to bring other people. This should be good enough because you don't really have friends. So it should be good enough to hold you over. You shouldn't have nothing else to complain about. It's going to be just me and you doing what we're going to do. Like best friends. Sounds wonderful to a geek with no friends. Erk mm-hmm. said okay. Took a few steps. Turned around. No sir. Front City, Eddie Winslow. You're not going to do this to me and think because you promised me this that this is good enough for me. You're wrong. You broke your promise. You were supposed to stand up for me. You had me shoved to the side. I won't tolerate it. I'm taking that approach, NFL. I'm going to be real with you. 250 I may never see in my lifetime. And that what you've donated, I'm probably not going to see a penny of that either. Because I'm not directly in whatever situation. you Like, I'm, well, we are working to build already on our own. So I'm probably not going to ever see a penny of that either. But with that being said, I'm not going to let you think that shoving 250 in our faces is going to silence us. It's going to shut us up. Or it's going to make me ignore the fact that you still have not apologized to that man personally. You know what? They don't think they owe him an apology because they had to settle. Even if you don't, you know. but <laughs> that was from the money you 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 wouldn't allow him to make if you right. stop a man from working. Okay, they fire you from a job. What are you allowed to go do? File unemployment. File yeah. unemployment. All right, just because I had to file unemployment doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to come back. I had to file unemployment because you let me go. 
I was not able to make money. I was doing just fine minding my business. You stopped me from making money. I got to go get it elsewhere. I have to do what I got to do. So what he did, basically, that was considered unemployment. Y'all owed that man that money. Because you blocked no, no, no player ever at age 28, 29, 30, even 31 yet. You've never heard of a player not being allowed back in the league at that young of an age. And this is that I'm has not done nothing. Right. I'm about that to ain't say. done nothing. But that, they ain't even done that's stuff bigger issue. back in. Ain't done nothing. He's broke no laws, broke no rules, nothing. You have no bylaws out there that say he can't. He's done nothing wrong. You know that old bitter that that bitter person? The NFL is like that bitter person, right? Oh, when you God. it's 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 not everybody can apologize when they're wrong. No. <laughs> so, the NFL's in that situation. They, they like, you know what? They all stubborn ass. They can't Just like, day. you know, <laughs> we going to take this one to the grave. They, we, but they almost are, lost you today, didn't they? They <laughs> a step worse than that because it ain't even about the apology. You won't even acknowledge that you screwed the man over. Yeah. You ain't even acknowledging like, it. You just blanketed like, it with players. To the player, we're sorry. We didn't. No, 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 no. Order to, no, no, no. In order to even apologize, you first have to acknowledge. They ain't even acknowledging. Like, well, we didn't do nothing. What you talking about? Yeah, they're not going to that is look. That is literally me slapping you in the face. Bro, why you just hit me? What you talking about? Man, I'm calling time out. Listen, I know we could go on and on for this time. We almost 30 minutes into this show, bro, and we still going in. We just got stuck right there for Pete Carroll in the NFL. That's how it is, people. You get hot up under the collar, you got to blow off some steam. But it, we don't apologize for nothing. Because we the underground sports kings. Again, this is where culture and sports collide. Power to the people. Black lives matter. Nah. And that's the bare minimum is matter. And uh, we're going to keep it rocking from there, man. But that's we gonna, what we asking. We're going to take a break. We asking the matter. And we're going to come back. We're going to pick up and keep this thing rolling. It's the underground sports kings. It's DT. It's Kells. It's Woe. Rose Mo. Get back in the lab. Sports and culture have collided, and therefore the underground sports kings exist because of such. And with that being said, we want to welcome you to tune in to listen to the underground sports kings every Saturday here on Anchor, hosted by Dwayne Sutton, aka Woe, Rose Mo, Tails, and the one and only DT. You don't want to miss out on the show that's going to collide sports and culture just the way it deserves to be brought to you. Tune in to the Underground Sports King Show and make sure you're keeping it true. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, UGSK here. The Wolf is here. And, uh, Captain's log has returned. Without further ado, I introduce to you our brother, Donny Epting. Thank you, Dwayne. Guys, great to be on with you once again. Hope you've had a great week. Hope everybody's had a great week, and I hope you all are staying safe. Captain's log, I want to take you guys way back 
way back. We're going to have the way back machine to go way back in time to the year 1998. What happened in 1998, Donnie? Well, I just graduated from high school and was getting ready to attend the one, the only Southern University A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But that summer of 1998 is one for the memory books. And there will be an ESPN 30 for 30 special on this weekend called Lone Gone Summer. Detailing the home run race between Mark McGuire of the St. Louis Cardinals and Sammy Sosa of the Chicago Cubs. Long-standing rivals. A couple of hours in an interstate. Sosa and McGuire were tasked with bringing Major League Baseball back to the forefront. And, of course, we all know the stories about the PD usage, the illegal drugs. These guys were on the stuff. And, ultimately, Mark McGuire had the single-season home run record while on the stuff, quote-unquote. But as you're watching Long Gone Summer this weekend, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you to please watch with an open mind. You know, Sook the Shocker and Mystical once had a song called It Ain't My Fault. Well, I'm not going to go there entirely for Sosa McGuire. But as you guys are watching Long Gone Summer this weekend, Keep in mind that it was not entirely their fault. Major League Baseball had a huge hand in what happened in the home run race of 1998. In the sports world in 1998, you know what else happened? We just saw the last dance a few weeks ago. The Bulls were coming off of their sixth championship in eight seasons. Uh, let's see what was going on in the National Football League in 1998. Um, well, you see, in the 90s, you had the 49ers had a little bit of a, a run. The Cowboys had their run. And then in the late 90s, the Denver Broncos were getting ready to go on their run. National Hockey League, the Detroit Red Wings were in the midst of winning multiple championships. And then that was baseball. Four years removed from the strike that ended the 1994 season prematurely. That saw bickering and fighting amongst the players association and the owners and the commissioner and Donald Fair and the replacement players and folks ultimately taking their sweet time to come back to baseball. And then in 1998, the home run chase happened. And you're going to get a lot of Differing opinions about what took place with Sosa McGuire. But again, I'm going to ask you, watch with an open mind and don't be so quick to say it's all of Sosa and McGuire's fault. Long gone summer, 30 for 30 on ESPN, coming up this weekend. Can't wait to talk with you all about it another time. Make sure you tune in. Guys, thank you. This is Captain Log. Enjoy the rest of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, 
The Underground Sports Kings are back. Thank you for being with us on that break. We also want to send a big special thank you. Shout out to El Captain. Danny F Team. Man, look, we appreciate that word, man. Y'all make sure, y'all stay tuned, man. Captain's Law uh, could definitely be something that's a blessing, man. Um, but he, he definitely one of the greatest sports minds that I've ever crossed paths with. And uh, so make sure you keep that name in mind, because uh, who knows? That F team may be returning soon. But with that, that, that well, uh, with that being said, y'all see how he folded and got me already messed up in the head? Dealing with the nonsense I smell. Anyway, DT, what's up, man? What's happening, brother? How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Kels, what's up? What's good, man? You know what, Kels? We got something popping up. We we need to address something. We need to address something. Um, I know one thing we're transparent here. One thing that uh, us brothers here are not really well equipped to really discuss is NASCAR. Hmm. Nope. Just not. It's just not our thing. If you ask Derek, what's NASCAR? Outside of Lost on 285. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Did we get called that? Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Um, but no, NASCAR is making a lot of noise because Bo Wallace has recently spoken at a meeting on it. He wants, being the only black driver uh, in the sport, he wants the Confederate flag done away with. Gone. And when you think of the sport itself, now that's one thing we do know. Mm-hmm. NASCAR, that's the good old boys nipping. Outside of baseball, yeah. that's it. That's, that's, you know, South of the border, like that's that's where it's at right now. When you talk about country, you talking Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, Florida, Texas, maybe even, uh, Carolina, the Carolinas, Tennessee. The Tennessee, like right along with it, this is the South. This is what NASCAR is king. Um, South, that's S O V F. South. There you go. So to say that that Confederate flag needs to go away, but you have to understand where we are and what we truly uh, deal with when it comes to that Confederate flag. I could go around this table, and I'm pretty sure every man at this table has a story uh, about how they personally, what they personally feel for that flag. Um, I don't think we have to go back into the history of it. If you tune in and listen, I'm pretty sure you already know. And if you don't, we'll say that for a rainy day. But to say you're going to do away with it for an entire sport? It's unheard of. Yet NASCAR is making it known. You know what? We can fight to go ahead and get done. So much so that one Ryan McGee recently was on ESPN First Take. He's a senior writer for ESPN and is mostly known for his work with NASCAR. And delivered a bit of a monologue, if you will. It was a response, but it was a little lengthy response where he basically just just poured his heart out. So, Kels, what you got for me, man? I need to, need to hear that from you. You got the quote for it. Pay attention. So, Ryan says, there was a time when swastika meant nothing to it. first appeared in Asia 5,000 years ago. It was meant to signify the sun. 
But then someone came along and turned it into the symbol of one of the greatest evil forces that Earth has ever known. You wouldn't fly that over Talladega, would you? Because to millions upon millions of Americans, that's what they see, what they feel when they see that Confederate flag. I am 100% confident that a real NASCAR fan has the ability to enjoy a weekend in the infield just as much while flying an American flag, not the Confederate flag, an American flag, as they do under the flag of a misguided, defeated nation that hasn't existed for 155 years. See that. If they can't, then they've never loved NASCAR as much as they they have all <coughs> as much as they've claimed. They certainly have never loved it as much as I do. Now, that statement was a powerful statement, first and foremost. And for those who haven't seen the clip, Ryan McGee is a white guy. And again, his race is not as important, so to speak, because his words are more important. But in the essence of getting support, this is what we need to see. This is something that we should have around the whole entire globe, really, technically speaking, but more so even in our nation, because we're affected here. And while we're talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter, I mean, of course, all lives matter. But we got to understand that right now, the force is against us. We're, we're, we're the people that they don't want to acknowledge are being done wrong continuously over and over and over again. And I'm going to take that piece. This man said 155 years ago. 155. Y'all grandparents weren't even born yet. Right? That's a long time for people to be attached to a flag of a defeated, not even nation. We're going to say 13 colonies. Okay? That's really what the, the flag represents. It's the original 13 colonies that started. That's how the South got began and basically fought for our freedom. And that's how we ended because up getting they wanted states. to keep slavery in the law. They wanted slavery to stay because they wanted to make sure they didn't have to release uh, people, human beings, from bondage. That's what they wanted. That's what they was fighting for. That's the representation of that flag. Something to think about. So, right now, people are gung-ho and obviously not everybody, but for the most part in the media, people are gung-ho about kneeling, protesting for the current flag mm-hmm. with 50 stars and 13 stripes. Mm-hmm. Kneeling for that flag, gung-ho because in support of how that flag means to them. And yet, we're talking about a flag 155 years old that was before the flag that we represent now. Right. And still to this day, there are a lot of people that hold a certain strong attachment to this flag that supposedly doesn't have any meaning. But as you can see, there are some people that hold it near, see, near see symbols is very important. I'm going to hold you right there. DT, I want you to, to, to chime in on this, man. We need we need to hear from the streets preacher. Uh <laughs> I applaud the gentleman for uh, his words. Um, as as Kale said, they were very, very powerful words. Um, that, and he he didn't say it, but that that 
that last one of the biggest statements I think in that whole thing is where he says, if there was any honor left in that flag, it disappeared a long time ago. During That's, what? Because what did they use those flags for? The last, the last of whatever breath was left in it, they used it to represent representation when they would burn crosses to make it known who was ill. They used it when there were lynchings and people hanging from trees to let it be known who was there. That's what the flag represented. That's what it stood for. That Confederate flag that's so near and dear to y'all heart. <laughs> Shady summer. Well, you know, hey. That's why we don't like the flag, y'all. In case y'all ain't realized that yet. Well, I ain't too... Ain't cool with the other one either, but well, that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, let me, let me, before you dive in, let me even say this. This is what makes it so frustrating being black in this country. We are the land of oppressed people. We are constantly reminded of our oppressors at every turn. Streets are named after slave owners. Dollar bills, that the money, the currency that we use to spend has pictures of slave owners on it. Some of the biggest names and represent, represent of, or representatives of this country in history cities. were slaves on, slave owners. You got cities named after slave owners. Streets named after slave owners. You have statues at stadiums, sporting events, schools. These schools that we send our children to, slave owners. It's like you've gotten whoopings all your life, and every time your parents beat your tail, they made a plaque for it and said it all over. It's my trophy case. Remember these switches, son? Remember that, <laughs> thick, that thick belt you used to get? Ooh, look, look, the green one's over there that I braided up. Remember those? <laughs> look, son, this is the piece of uh, the stench cord where it cut your flesh at. You remember that? You had that mark. That's why you still got that mark on your calf right now. I told you not to run from it. Look, I got it sitting right up. You really think you would be comfortable living in that house if you had constant reminders of every time you got your butt whooped? Would you be comfortable living in that? Would you be comfortable living in an environment like that? Well, that is what the United States is for black people. No, we weren't directly hit, but our ancestors were. We are the seeds of that. We are the children of that. We were forced to be around the trees where bodies from our family members hung. Y'all still keep those up, the slave houses, the, the plantations. All of that stuff is still here. Burn all of it. Get rid of all of it. If you truly mean us no harm. DT. <laughs> nah, don't bite your tongue now, man. What you got, Bernie? Okay, we we we're keeping it about NASCAR. Okay, it's it's about NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR, thank y'all, y'all. You know that's that's a that's a big move. Um, it's a very bold move too. Like, yeah, we're not finna sit here and act like you know the people that come to you know people that come to the the infield as they call it are not um, beer drinking, tobacco spitting, cigarette smoking uh, white people. Um, mullet weird. That's just what it is. So to 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 say with sleeveless boots, we not doing that would be almost like the NBA saying, "Hey, uh, 
No more rap music at the games. Well, that's just not that don't really make no sense. But okay, like <laughs> that's that's how that's how this seems. But I, so I I mean I applaud y'all for that. That's that's good job. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, we gonna respect the fact that DT still biting his tongue on a lot of what he just heard. <laughs> I know you would love to unload on that. Yeah, man, we ain't got we ain't really got that much time. Yeah, like, we ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> y'all y'all have to. Uh, yeah, we had. Yeah, well, we, yeah. we we made it soul move. Though. I ain't gonna lie to you, I saw it. <laughs> I was just a slight plug. Netflix got a number of different movies that they're showing right now. Yo, thirteen. We'll start with that one. Like, yeah, yeah you. Yeah. We'll we'll start real, with that one. Like, good understanding. Let's be real. Slavery was not hey, demolished. Hey, it was I ain't gonna simply lie to you. transferred. I ain't gonna lie to you. Netflix is has usually been in tune with the people. One thing they do is they gonna speak the truth no matter how hurtful it is. But for them to jump on, and you know, you seen everybody do their little Black Lives Matter movement. But then they went and, and said, we sorted this out right. just for y'all. Not just black movies, but black movies. Documentaries. Yes, that are, are connected to what is going on. Like the Central Park fact. Man, yeah. Come on. Um, so no, applaud, you know, shout out to Netflix for that one. I definitely applaud them for that. Um, we need to move on because yes, we are doing things a little different. The sports world is still not quite open. <laughs> not all the way. Not all the way. DT soul is still moving on that as well. Um, what we got up next, Kev? We got that. The next topic, man, is that Dabo. 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 We gonna bring you uh, Dabo. We got we got uh, Pete Carroll over here in the corner, and the NFL is sitting next to them. They on the wall with the books in their hand. They all we got them. We got them working out over there. Dabo, uh, football matters. We talking Black Lives Matter. Then they want to distract Black Lives Matter with all lives matter. We said no, no, no. We understand that, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. And then Dabo, you didn't had your controversy with your assistant apparently using racial slurs. You came out, you defended your reason for not firing your assistant. But then you also was wearing a football matters. It's it's like you poking the bear devil. I'm going to do this right now. You're kind of having a Drew Brees moment. Your privilege is showing uh, your ignorance toward the situation or towards your people. Your players even is showing. Um, I'm not saying you're racist. That's not where I'm throwing this at. But you're being ignorant to the situation. Like you're being intentionally ignorant to the situation. And it's time that you realize, I understand you're a football coach and that's what you eat, sleep, and breathe. At the same time, majority of the people that play for you are caught up in this matter. I love, I saw Iowa's coach actually came out and acknowledged yeah. I had a blind eye to black players play. And I'm I was wrong for that. Now, I'm gonna tell you that. It takes a big man to own up something like that, especially that big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially with what's been going on, because people are just reluctant to apologize. They would rather throw their money out there. Or even when they do apologize, let's give a blanket statement and hopefully it covers everybody. What he did, admirable. Football matters, Dabo. You better than that, man. Come on, man. 
you you supposed to be the one who lead, and you'll be quick the first. You'll be the first one to say, "I'm just a football coach. I'm just a ball coach. I'm just a ball coach." Dabo, you you more than a ball coach, bro. Okay. When you get on campus as a head ball head ball coach, you are considered a father figure to these young men. You are there to teach them about life, give them, coach them through those lessons, and you can't do that if you're going to turn a blind eye to your black players' livelihood. Their lives are at stake. Every time they leave out the dorm room, jump in their car and say, let's go to McDonald's. Did you know that you can get killed on the way to McDonald's? I don't think you knew that. I don't think you paid attention to that. But before I really get on you, DT ready for the, to, to, to speak on the matter. Well, I was, I was actually just going to say that, man. Like, you know, you sitting here with not on not on that scale, but two two coaches in itself. And as a coach, I can tell you, like, your your day or your quote-unquote job is not just X's and O's and then that's it. You're, you are a father to those who are fatherless, brother to those who are brotherless. You're a, a parent to those who, from in his, in his case, you're a parent to those who come from other parts of the country, sometimes maybe even other parts of the world to play under to play under you. So you are literally everything to some of these kids. To you're not, and even this goes to even the Iowa coach man. You're not in the position to be like, oh, I didn't know, or you know, I didn't see. Like, nah, man. Like you're supposed to. You spoke like you're supposed to know that. You know this. You know this when you go recruit some of these kids, man. Let's be real. When you go to recruit some of these kids, man, you know where you're going to. You drive up there. You see the you see the situation. You see what's around you. Don't act like you ain't know. But here's the drawback to that. Here's the kickback to that right there, man. There are a lot of HBCUs out there. Mm-mm. You got a problem with it. Mm-mm. Say to hell with your school. Mm. I ain't coming. Cause see what the thing, bro. I don't care what nobody tell you. Every parent out there who's listening, every kid out there who's listening, let me tell you something off the rip. Don't let nobody lie to you. Talent gets seen no matter where talent is. Steve McNair was at an HBCU. Yes, he was. Al Corn. A lot of them. Jerry Rice. Walter Payton was Jackson State. Come on, I with love. Him. Come on, like, bro, talent gets seen no matter where it is. That's in, that's in every sport. Mm-hmm. That's baseball, basketball, football, hockey. I don't care where where you playing it at. If you can play, somebody's going to come and find you. Michael Simple Strahan, as that. Michael Texas Southern. Terrell now, Owens went to. Goes on. UT, UT Chattanooga. Like, if you can play, man, people going to come find you. So, yeah, Dabo, come on, man. You know, my 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 retort to all this now when I hear, you know, all lives matter. Well, all flags matter. Now what? Say something now. Yeah, all flags matter, sucker. But you can straight up. towards the NASCAR situation if, for sure. If, if, we as, if we as black people, man, we got a problem with it, guess what? Tell your kids, stop looking into these, stop looking into these Clemsons. 
these Alabamas, these Auburns, these UGAs, where guess what? They love you from 12 to 4 on Saturday, but at 4.30, you still, I don't use the word, but you know where I'm going with it. Let's let's keep it real. Well, let's go a step further here, because now that you said that, I, I definitely agree with you 100%. But this I also know, too. I need our black college recruiters to act like they belong in the game. Put just as much energy into going after these players in spite of who else is coming after them. Just because you hear Alabama's coming after them, Georgia's coming after them, Florida's coming after them, you belong there. Act like it. Put forth the same energy towards these kids to let it be known they are wanted. Because if they don't get that energy to feel like they are wanted there, they're not going to consider you. Okay? We belong in the game. We belong in the recruiting class. When they mention Alabama, they ought to mention Alabama State as well and be just as proud as the Crimson Tide fans. They ought to mention Jackson State. They ought to mention Florida A&M. They ought to mention all of these HBCUs and should be just as proud because they've accomplished just as much as these other schools when it comes to talent. You produce talent. Talent will show itself as long as you are giving it the opportunity to showcase itself. That's real. That's all it is to it. So present yourself as if you belong and show these kids they are wanted there. That is all it takes. But if you don't give them that energy, they won't look your way. Don't be afraid of the pretty girl. Ask her out. The worst she can do is say no. That's it. Mm -hmm. But you can't come up to them like, hey, man, you want to do something or not? Nah, go all out for it. Go all out for it. Rip the limo. Get the flowers. Roll out the red carpet. Put on the fancy tux. You belong in the game. I believe in your HBCUs. We should be looking to send our kids there. But our HBCUs have to show and prove that they want our kids and they're willing to do whatever it takes to bring them in and showcase their talent. Simple as that. Kels, you got anything on that, man? So, I ain't really have a problem with Dabo, you handling the situation in-house, right? That's that's what head coaches do. We don't know the full story because it sounds like one of the players heard or thought the altercation went one way. The player that it happened with said it happened this way. And the coach, it, it the way it was explained... I understand the coach trying to correct the situation. That's what you should do. Probably should try to avoid using the word. But, hey, I'm not mad at you for trying to handle the situation in-house. The problem is is what a lot of Americans in the world today do that don't want to face the issue or don't want to talk about the situation or everything going on in this world right now about how black lives or, or black people are being treated, so to speak. Um, and what they do is they try to... Deflect. Draw deflect, yes. You know, they use something else to draw the attention away from it. You wearing a football matter shirt in this time is not the right move. It's not the right move. I understand you want your players to be focused on football and not anything else right now, but this is not the right situation. This is not the right move for that. And that and that that's where you're wrong at. Alright? So if you listening, understand going forward. Put your players first. Period. When their lives are on the line, they have to be first. Period. 
because you're the first line of defense when they're away from their parents. It's you, buddy. Rest um, of America, stop deflecting. All lives matter. All flags matter. Confederate flags. Man, screw all that, bro. You know what's going on, man. You know what's going on, bro. Man, uh, we actually got one more topic, and then we going to wrap it up. Yeah, man. I'm sensing uh, some hesitation, and I ain't talking about like a stutter step. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about a euro here, but there's some hesitation going on between the NBA and the NBA Players, players Association. Coaches. Between well, players, coaches, because you do have some older coaches. Uh, people, people, people. I remind you again, like I did last week and the week before that, COVID-19 is not over. Okay? People's health is still at risk. And so what, what is being asked of these players to come back and play the game is jeopardizing their health in order to fulfill a season that honestly... I don't even know how it's going to really feel once it's played out. Because it's not the usual format. I'm not opposed. I mean, because I don't get me wrong. I miss the life out of sports right now. Mm -hmm. But nothing is bigger than our life. Um, what they're asking of the players and coaches, and, and keep in mind, you have older coaches. When you think of, you know, people like Greg Popovich. Mm -hmm. um, ally. He's an ally. But he is of age. He's old as dirt. Who, who's susceptible to really, like, some of the first the liners to, to catch this? You have the elderly, and you have the people who have underlying health issues. Uh, Greg Popovich could easily fit in that category. Yeah. Um, amongst other coaches. Yeah, when you think of the benches, the assistant coaches, uh, you know, the people who are similar, like Tex, Tex Winter was coaching until his 70s. You know what I mean? You have older coaches on your bench that are susceptible. They're just as important to the game planning uh, as the head coach himself. With that being said, man, um, it's some things forming right now where the players are, are concerned for health reasons. But what we also learned, to uh, one Kyrie Irving is leading the charge right now uh, where they are trying to develop a platform for players to continue to talk of racism in this country, uh, the necessary activism that needs to be taking place amongst the leaders in the uh, NBA. Wow, when you think about it, this is going on. When basketball starts back, what else we watching? That's it. Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing else popping. Nothing else on TV. When it's supposed to be July 31st. 31st. Yeah. Oh, I mean, baseball, well, baseball, baseball, baseball is still, still in the air, too. Yeah, they, I would say, they're they kind of iffy right now. So. Yeah, they would say they're still trying to divide the pot up. And the Players Association, is, they're not changing their stance on that either right now. So they got their heels dug in. We don't know when baseball is going to come back. Um, the basketball tournament is starting, I think, July 2nd or July 1st. The basketball tournament is coming back. Weeks. I know the Big Three's done. They not. They said they're not going to do their thing this year. I would love to have seen them too. But given the fact of, I know one of your bigger stars in Stephen Jackson is He's still out there. He's he still got ten toes NBA. down in, in Minnesota, man. Funeral uh, <laughs> happened and everything. He went right back, right back. And I know his heart is bleeding right now, man. That's that's his part, man. That's that's a brother type guy, man. And you if know? there is one person that's not gonna be used as a distraction, it's the person who owns the Big Three Cute. basketball league. Very, very much so. Um, Yo, believe me. Go back and 
find out what he said during the Rodney King situation. <laughs> but it's a whole song. Well, yeah. But anyway, um, so no, we we got some hesitation going here, man. We were looking for that July thirty first. Uh, it still may happen. It's also a chance it may not. Um, negotiations still taking sides, man. Kels, what's your thoughts on that, man? Man, uh, I think about it from a number of different ways. Uh, one, I understand exactly where they're coming from. Like you know, as far as health wise, when you look at it, it's going to be a quick turnaround. Even going for next season. You know what they're talking about? It maybe starting December first, having a number of back to backs more so than what they've previously had in order to continue the schedules going forward on what we were accustomed to. Um, with that being said, you know part of me also has a little bit of selfishness because I'm like, hey, I I want to see something <laughs> noteworthy here in a sense, but I think. <laughs> it's, it's two two things like because there's talks about you know maybe whether or not they should use this as an advantage to really make sure that everybody is focused in on this and maybe not play the season, um, which is it's a good idea in a sense, um, but also playing the season and like you know what Kyrie's trying to do is have a, a bigger vocal spot around it. Um, that also would be. Something good. I, I, to be honest, I don't know which one would be necessarily better, or if either or would actually make a difference. Um, it's good to have either or, um, but it's 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 tough because I I kind of would like to see some basketball, but at the same time, like there are more more important issues that we have to deal with right now. Respect on that, DT. What you think, bro? All right. So for those of you who have listened to the um. I am Woe Podcast. Y'all pretty much know how much I love my people. I started with that for a reason. Um, the three of us sitting here are Laker fans. That I know of, the Lakers did not release or end the contract for uh, Boogie. I don't think they did. So technically, he's still on the roster. He's probably fairly healthy right now. No, no, Boogie got cut. Wait, he got cut? Boogie got cut, but they were allowing him to train, though. So, well, I mean, then I'm assuming they probably could bring him back if they wanted to. Um, So, you're looking at a Laker team, fully healthy. uh, They had a little bit of rest. Um, number Number one seed in the West. The possibility of getting back to the championship, man, possibly winning the championship, haven't been there in a while, and yet I still say, if I were them, I would not be playing. And I say that because in my heart of hearts, this is how I truly, truly feel. You will be used as a distraction. One way or another, you will be used as a distraction. I feel at this moment, your LeBron James, uh, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Paul George, um, Antetokounmpo, Kyle Lowry, uh, that other team that shares the uh, the that shares LA's uh, stadium or their their arena and bought our old them 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 people bought um, our used property all them. 
most of every single one of these teams, man, the the bulk of these teams are black are black guys. And if what you have seen in the last few weeks does not does not strike you differently, does not make you feel differently, I have said this on the IMO podcast before. They love you when you're entertaining them. They hate you when you're not. I'm not a monkey. I'm not your I'm not your show monkey. I'm not your I'm not your entertainment. Y'all will respect me. I'm not I'm not lacing up and playing nothing because again, you're trying to use me as a distraction. I'm not doing it. I really feel like if I was them, nah, bro. Y'all want us to play, y'all need to fix these issues. This is what needs to happen. Y'all need to, this is you affect change in two ways when dealing with a certain group of people. Loss of life, loss of money. Loss of life, loss of money. Simple. I'm gonna chime in on this part. That I feel like that's too much of a burden to put strictly on NBA players. Because when you talk there, you can't stop there. You have to go NFL if we're going to do that. Right, MLB. Most all, definitely. Across the board. Um, you have to go across the board. Um, even soccer. Yeah, most definitely. You feel me? Think about so, any race, though. But it has but a starting line. It has a starting line. But is everybody else ready to jump on board? I can't say that. Now, also, LeBron James is a powerful being off the court. But when you put a basketball in his hand, for some reason, people can't take their eyes off of him. Now, I know you say that's probably being used as a distraction. I say, if this is the only sport on, not only is my country watching, but the world is watching because the NBA is a global game. So if what Kyrie is doing is is hopefully creating an avenue where they can have a platform, televised platform, where... Like how Diddy had the, the summit here in Atlanta mm-hmm. and he had the panels on and they were talking. If you can do this with the NBA and make it a global thing, not just a one-time event, but while they're there, continue those discussions. Yeah. You have the ear of the people. Because not only are they watching the sport, they're going to listen in and pay attention to the fact that, well, LeBron is having a basketball in his hand right now, so we got to tune in and listen. Not only him. But you got some other activists right now. I mean, because to be honest with you, Carmelo still has a voice. He's a powerful voice off the court. Uh, Chris Paul has a voice. These are people that the world, when they start to speak, they're going to listen. So they're going to be in a bubble away from their families. I think they're going to have a certain time where the families can come visit. But if that's going to be said, there's more power in them speaking with a basketball in their hand than without it. I say, as long as you give me a mic where I can tell my truth, I can speak for my people, I can speak to my people, and I can speak to those who oppress my people, make sure, as long as I can do that, then we can talk plain ball. It could be more if you're fun. not willing to, now that part I can understand, if you're not willing to do that, that shows me that you don't truly back the, the movement, therefore I'm not interested in getting back on your court. I have no interest in that. If you truly mean, excuse me, what you say, and you're backing me and my people, set this up where we can have this this platform. Not just a one-time event, 
continuous. But it needs to be a weekly discussion. It needs to flat out be a weekly discussion. And and then not only that, once it's done like that, you know what they do when 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 they record that one, it's gonna be played back. Yep. ESPN gonna pick it up, FS1 gonna pick it up, everybody gonna talk about so it. So once you do that, now you finna just be beating this thing over these folks' head repeatedly. Eventually they're gonna get it. Hopefully. Somebody is going to fit. It, it, yeah. it may not get everybody. But you know how they just say in church, if I don't touch but one soul in here, start. <laughs> you know, I've done my job. Um, We're going to put a pin in that right there, man. Um, great session today, man. I want to thank my brothers again, man. DT, blessings, my brother. Yes, sir. Kels. Yeah, man. Man, it's been a pleasure. People. Whoa, Kels, DT. Rose Mo, get back in the lab. UGSK, we out. Bless people. Looking for something different? Looking to upgrade your wardrobe? Looking for something to express who you are? What you are? Where you come from? Look no further than Dante's Dawson. That's right. Owner of We Ain't Black, We Go shirts. See Dantes for all the shirts and basically the work to make a statement. We ain't black. We go. Precious. Priceless. And that's a bit. So with that being said, you can find Dantes on Facebook. Just search Dantes Dawson. Power in his name on Instagram. Real power in him on Twitter. Or simply just email him at Dawson at PowerInHisName.com. That's right, Dawson at PowerInHisName.com. And order your We Ain't Black, We Gold shirts. It's time to make an upgrade.